Welcome to another episode of New Normal Podcast. And as always, if this is your first time here, thank you. My name is Andrew Mayer of digitaldoneright.com. And my podcast is all about innovation, innovating in the communications space on the internet. Today, I am so excited. And as I got to speak with an old colleague uh, and friend and a great supporter of my innovation and leisure life nowadays. And he was hugely instrumental in the creation or the invention of my two US patents during a previous time that we worked together. David Skiba is a true innovator. And if you listen to this podcast, I talk to my guests about innovation and what this means to him, to them. Dave holds over 100 US patents and he's got plenty more coming. And for over 10 years, he's been busy in learning, experimenting, and innovation in the digital communication space. We were early acolytes in the social media area and introducing this to businesses. Today, Dave is head of product at Cupid. Cupid is a digital communication and automation company. And in full disclosure, I do work for them from time to time. So I apologize for any bias. As I learned from another interview guest a few weeks back, uh, that innovation and transformation is iterative. It's always moving forward. And this is where this conversation goes. And we will certainly come back together at some point and see how wrong or right we were. This is another interview of my Colorado tour of September 2021. And while I do challenge myself to go to my podcast guests on a bicycle there, uh, there was a heat wave in Colorado and cycling at near 10,000 feet, where I live close to sea level here normally, uh, and in the heat uh, was really tough. And I was really cooked after my first interview with AJ out in Lafayette and this interview up in the hills hills, mountains of the Rocky Mountains uh, at near 10,000 feet was really tough. And why do I do this? Hmm. Well, whatever. This is a great interview. I'm going to cut to the chase here, get to it. Interview with Dave Skiba of Cupid talking about everything innovation. Enjoy. All right, Dave. While I'm still catching my breath, <laughs> <laughs> and while I can't even answer this question myself, I'm going to have you answer it. Um, I do know we're on mountain bikes, gravel bikes in the Rocky Mountain or near the Rocky Mountain National Park. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, we wouldn't be on bikes. Can you tell me and the listeners here where we are and what are we doing? We are in Grand Lake, Colorado at about 8,500 feet just on the edge on the west side of Rocky Mountain National Park and nestled into the uh, Arapaho National Forest where we just rode by one lake that's technically a reservoir, Shadow Mountain Lake. We're gonna head over to Grand Lake in a bit and we're just riding bikes and talking for the weekend. Eating. There's some eating. There's, there's some, eating. There's some food. We've had some really fun biking. Yep. We went up Lookout. We did Lookout Mountain Lookout in Golden. Mountain in, in Golden, Colorado yesterday, where yep. you're from. Yep. I really appreciate you taking in the homeless and bikeless, <laughs> uh, as uh, electric bikes don't travel well on airplanes. Um, and, I mean, having left the valley, I, as I would call Boulder Golden, in the 90s and we're back in the 60s maybe low 70s or whatever now it's gorgeous out here so that was my easy setup question to get okay, you okay that's get good, you that's good. I'm, I'm comfortable with that question right. um 
I, I, I have the standard question, you know it. It's usually the last question I ask my guests and I'm gonna have to ask you first, otherwise the rest of these questions just don't make sense. Um, what does innovation mean to you? What does innovation mean to me? So, to me, I really think that it's, first, what is it? To me, it's a part of it. What I like about it is that it has um, a combination of creativity, a, an aspect of figuring out something new, something different, but also an applied side to it. So while there is an artistic piece to it, there is a piece that is, you are trying to figure out some problems, solve some things, make some things better. And really it requires all of those things to make that happen. So innovation doesn't really exist on its own. It has all those things that I like, the creativity aspect, the getting things done aspect. So I, I interviewed AJ Kapoor, who you know also mm -hmm. well, uh, just this week, or the week of <laughs> this interview ago. when this podcast <laughs> is produced and published is a different one. And um, I talked to him, so he, he is running a digital signage uh, business which uh, began as doing directory services and buildings, helping people understand where Dr. Smith's office is and it's branched into really interesting creative spaces there and while I was preparing for that interview with him, because I work as you do in this digital communication space, I was trying to figure out how do I how do I segue a sign into digital communications and the obvious hit me quite late, but um, signs communicate to people, whether it's a stop sign or a, as in the National Park here, no biking signs or no e-bike signs. They, they communicate information to us here. And these digital signs are multimodal pictures, graphics, videos, uh, maps, uh, QR codes uh, that you can you're looking at the map, you take a picture of your car, and it pushes the whole thing to your phone. I mean, it's, it's, it's a whole communication, but it's nonverbal, mm -hmm. right? Nobody's talking. His, his business is not yet into speaking signs or where you speak into it and things like that, and you're not typing text and stuff like that. Um, I was just wondering, what do you think um, you know, this relationship between communication and experiences, and you and I, for at least a decade, have been full hog digital um, in that space. Um, what's the role, or what's the, where do you see digital going in this communication experience space? Not only nonverbal, we work more in the verbal space, but I thought that was an interesting learning point that I took away from that interview with him. So, I think that what we've seen over the, and like you said, we've talked about this for 10 years plus in various forms, and one of the things that I've seen or that it, it seems to continue and still be evolving is about the access and where where it's actually meeting with the people. So we started out, some of the early things that we started out talking about were the early days of Twitter. No hashtags, no nothing, just text coming off across the wire and figuring out where there's value, where there's information in there, where there's something useful. And so I think that now what's continuing to open up is just where it can be accessible and the kind of the platform of the technology is enabling it so that it can reach more places. The digital signage like you talked about, you can put that in more places now because you've got 
better battery technology, you've got better communication, you've got Wi-Fi, you've got everything, satellite. Um, so you've got a lot more options to, for it to reach. So I think the reach is really the thing that's been moving forward and expanding more and more. I can get you where you are. I don't have to tell you, go here, make a phone call, go here, text me on this. If you happen to be on any number of channel that already exists or doesn't exist, I can talk to you over there in whatever way that means, voice, digital, text, picture, video, everything. So that reach just continues to expand and simplify things, but also enable you to go and do more and do more interesting things that you never thought you would do in places you didn't know you would do it. So you and I were talking earlier today about, oh, was it last night? Can't remember, <laughs> we, our conversation, oh, I think it was in the car today, mm -hmm. wherever. But uh, that's, you and I admittedly live in a, in a bubble when it comes to these technologies and the uses of them, the potentials of them. And, and we've scratched our head for a decade or so wondering why, why, why is, it, is it more of it being put to better use uh, to serve businesses, but as well as serving people and citizens and patients and whatever the uh, scenario might be. Um, do, we, do you see the last 18, 20 months or so making much change? in pushing this forward or, I mean, I, I'm admittedly frustrated often at the pace of change. Mm -hmm. um, that's, maybe I'm just <laughs> just inherently impatient with things like that, uh, but knowing the potentials that are there and how they can be not just fun to have. I mean, fun to have is being on a trailhead and there's a QR code and you can scan it <laughs> and it takes you to a wiki page or something. It tells you what you're looking at. That's great, that's useful, that's nice, but you can certainly just wander down that trail and not do it. Uh, but there's so many frustrating events, and I see them in my household, when somebody's trying to order something and they're yeah. stuck on a web page, or they're trying to find information on how do I open the battery compartment on this device, and they're stuck in a 36-page PDF, <laughs> trying to read the whole manual and things. Have you seen much change or, or push over the last year and a half that gives you hope that we're, we're, we are moving in the right direction? I, I think that we are, and I think that there continue to be signs every, every year, every month, as people push things forward, connect more, um, and reach people in the place that they are, and that creates a simplicity. So it, it's almost a never-ending journey to go and do this and achieve it because there's always something new to attach to, some new system that's going to figure out your order for you and hand, hand that off in a new, simpler way to, to do that. But I think that it's, it's continuing to move forward with the simplicity of making it so that you don't even notice, you don't even feel it in terms of what's happening from the customer side and the business side. Because you can always, if you break it down to the most simple form, there's a business that could be one person, could be a thousand people. There's a customer, could be one, could be a thousand. Ultimately, if they talk and get together, they can decide, your order didn't ship. I went to the warehouse, it's sitting here, it's gonna be there. That's an answer, that's a way to get to it, but we can do that better. We can do that so that that can happen in the middle of the night with all the systems connected because you happen to be up with jet lag and you wanna check whether that's uh, the case. 
So I think there's, there's more disparate systems and things are multiplying, but at the same time, they're becoming more and more connected and the connectivity becomes easier. It, it's so much easier to put parts together to, to, um, to get information, to convey information, or to analyze something than it was 10 years ago. Systems talk, to be, talk together much better than they did and that enables a lot more creativity in how to deliver it, where to deliver it, and it just escalates from there. But I feel the last, well, I'd say years, but let me just focus on the last year, I probably spend the majority of my time when I'm not on a bicycle cycling somewhere uh, in an educational kind of role because it's not sort of common knowledge that mm -hmm. the systems can talk easily to each other and and there's often the uh when you ask the question of you know is there access I, I, i'm not sure and then they'll come back a day or two or so later and they say oh yeah there's there's this technology irrelevant at this point but just say oh yeah and we say well we can make this happen quite easily so it's a lot of just awareness that has to be made and i i think there's not as many really good examples that people see on a regular basis from which they come and say, I want something like that. Right? I have more mediocre digital experiences than I have good experiences. And mediocre is okay. I get it gets a job done. I get what I want, whatever it might be. Uh, there's others that uh, I mentioned to you. So I, I flew United from Europe to, to the US here. Hurricane kind of interrupted a bunch of plans, had to reschedule stuff. I did everything on my mobile phone. Their app is incredible. I, Sorry, I don't know United well, and maybe others that might listen to this podcast might think they're the worst of the thing out there, but this, my limited experience with this airline, I was amazed that I never had to pick up a phone or go onto a, a larger screen, and move it to a PC or something, and, and do things. I didn't have to look hard for information. Uh, it all sort of intuitively popped up. Now, I wasn't doing anything super unusual, but canceling, rebooking, moving, Moving destinations, you know, original plans to somewhere else um, is traditionally been pretty complicated. I made it easier. My flight was all with United, so there's no code share or cross this, that, and there. But um, that was a wow. For me, that was a wow experience. I don't have a lot of those. But I don't think they got there because they said, I want something like this that they saw somewhere else. I think they get there because they focused on I want to make things simpler for Andrew, the customer that's flying over from Europe to the U.S. and is going to have to change his ticket 10 times and needs to constantly know things. It, it came from thinking about what is needed and then going to figure out how to do it mm. instead of I want something like, you know, what Lufthansa is doing or whoever else. That That's fine, that'll take you to a certain level, but your business is different. Your way that you reach out, your customer base, your everything is different. So focus on, on your, your audience and your community and what they need and how they use it. The, even, even if it's in the same industry, airlines are a good example. There's, there's super budget airline that you, they probably won't even allow you to talk to somebody. Um, and, but they have a they have a different goal. They have different things that they're achieving. They have a different price point, and so expectations are different. How they reach their customers different. So, I think it's focusing on who's actually going to use it and what are they trying to do with it, 
instead of just saying, I could make some cool technology that would do something. Maybe it's useful, I don't know. So you give me the, the segue into, let's, <laughs> let's make some cool technology. Uh, as I mentioned in the introduction to the podcast here, uh, you are a serial uh, inventor with, I believe currently, it was yesterday at least, 110 <laughs> patents uh, uh, issued. Not Shoot. just pending. Right. Uh, not even going to bother about the pending ones there. Uh, so I think a huge majority, or almost all of them, are in the digital space. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you've been you've been thinking on the edge of the potential and possibilities for a long time. I know you don't like this question, but uh, being innovative during lockdown, mm-hmm. um, the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, how does that work for you? It's, hmm, that's a good question because it is, I, I think it's all of those things that you said. There's good, there's bad, there's... I, I personally do miss some of the, the people side that is the getting together. I just personally can't feel like I can, I can be more creative, I can come up with more ideas, think of more solutions in at least some group kind of setting, not um, more like this. I would rather get out, get outside, you know, take a walk and think through things, talk through things with some people or a small group. That setting in front of the whiteboard and in a meeting room, then go to lunch. That to me is at least a component that's needed. There, there's, some, there's some focus time and some remote time that can help and enhance that and all that but that to me has always been the core so without that with the lockdown um, it's been more difficult but some of it goes to the relationships that already exist in those environments our discussions for 10 plus years Um, others that I collaborate with others at our company that I've known for a long time so I feel like we're able to get past however long some of these challenging times are going to be and, um, but I always have the eye for, can we get a, at least a, you know, a one day meeting or something to get some, some time together to really be in the same room, think through the same things and, and come up with some great ideas. But I'm guessing you have filed some patents over the last 18 months. Yes. And you were, I'm pretty sure, mostly in isolation. Yep. I mean, connected digitally. Can be done. For sure. Yep can be done I I think it would be it would be harder to take a a lot of the people that I work with I've worked with for a long time and um, so and it it is in an area that is one that we know quite well and so there's some comfort there already if you take completely independent people that are never met never worked together before I think that becomes a little bit more difficult. Um, some others may prefer that. They may work best that way. I, I think it's, a, it's an individual thing about whether you need that or whether it's just a nice to have. I, I think that it's, it, it's certainly more fun. Hey, that, that's going to be the <laughs> I title. I don't think I have to sell you That's going to be the title of the podcast. <laughs> it's certainly more fun. Um, <laughs> Uh, I'm going to out us both here for those who don't know us in, uh, in this well, but you and I have had a 
a standing innovation uh, call, which at the beginning was certainly just voice, mm -hmm. later moved to video, mm -hmm. then we went onto Facebook Messenger for a long yep, time, yep. and now we're over on Teams. Nevertheless, the, the, the context of the call hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. At times it's very pointed uh, yep. to a, a specific issue, topic, challenge, project, uh, technology. Other times it's certainly rambling, planning bike rides, or talking about stuff like that as well. But we, we both work in the digital uh, communication space uh, and, and have for a long time. We've worked for organizations that want to, you know, uh, send the rocket ship to the moon, make these huge strides forward and change the way, uh, of which we were both members uh, for, for a long, long time. <laughs> but I interviewed James Brown, and that is surely his name. He's based out of the UK. <laughs> of Smart Communications, the CEO over there, and I asked him about digital transformation and uh, this innovation uh, side of things, and, and his answer was, I, I think my leading question was, does, does digital transformation have an end? And his response was, it's, it, it's always iterative. Um, there are steps that go along the way. And you and I have discussed this in the past uh, amongst ourselves, and. It's we, we want to get to an end point where this certain things are being done uh, and that's where our clients often want to be. To get there, it's a journey. Mm -hmm. And uh, particularly in the technology space and the type of technology we're, we're applying today, it's not turnkey and it's doing all that sort of stuff there. Um, my question is, should we be focused on smaller iterative steps with our, with our clients and uh, along a a defined line where we're trying to get to, or do we should we keep hoping and expecting larger leaps and bounds? I think you only make those larger leaps and bounds in small steps. That's I, I fully believe in that. I I know that we we come from a long history of uh, some. Um, sales and projects and the, the big project thing, the big consulting project and I got a lot of people and I need to get it signed off on and we got to know it's deterministic. I'm going to start on January 1 and two years later we will have the transformation project done. That's, that's fine. You can do it that way. You'll get a result. Um, but I think that it's much more valuable for everybody to have a more iterative approach to it. I think that you'll get in a better space. I think that it allows room for change, room for growth over time, room for discovery, and, and for innovation to happen. I think that we're dealing with a lot of different systems and different things that change, people that change, business changes, and so you have to be ready to be flexible and you have to take it in smaller steps in a general direction. You have a place you're trying to, a goal that you're trying to get to or an aspiration, but you you can't take it all in one big chunk and just get a, get a project plan together that's gonna stay fixed for a year to get this thing done. You gotta leave room for the unknown. And the unknown can be can end up being one of the greatest things that you end up implementing and building that you never thought you were going to do. I know that's very hard, especially in the businesses with budgets and times and to go in and say, all right, we're going to get started with this small thing and we're going to grow into any number of places. 
and we're going to look at where we are after this first step to maybe decide where we're going to go after that. That's a hard one to sell to anybody that has a yearly budget with quarterly, quarterly profits and quarterly cycles of things. But I think it's your best path. So find a way for financial innovation to allow this innovation to go forward like that. I like that. You have to leave room for the unknown. And we've seen that, and we've sure. seen that in recent recent cases as well. You're like, surprise, this this actually works a whole lot better than what we originally had in mind. I only have a single last question. Okay. Um, how many feet of climbing is left to get back home today? <laughs> I, there, there's not too much. You know, I've asked this guy, you know, he's, he lives in Colorado. I, I live in light hills. He lives on the base of the Rocky Mountains, and he says light, light rolling hills. Uh, for me, they're mountains. I, uh, last thing is, I just want to say thank you for your time and loaning me a bike and yeah. taking me out in, in this beautiful part of the country. Unfortunately, for the podcast listeners, this is an audio podcast. This, <laughs> this would have been one worth putting on video. Yes. The last time I interviewed you, um, three years ago at a trade fair uh, in New Orleans, actually, in my mm -hmm. hometown, it was a video podcast or a video interview or whatever, and you were, you were stiff as a stick. <laughs> and it was pretty much after that interview, I decided to stop doing oh. video interviews because it was just too much of a, too much, too much pressure. And uh, so I got you down again, not too much pressure this time. No. You, you made me sweat just to get out of here, this side <laughs> of this lake. But thank you for your time. Thank you for the weekend. Uh, well, we're in the middle of it still. I look forward to more conversations and our weekly innovation calls going forward. And best of health, good luck. Thank you. Well, thank you. I've had a great time. Appreciate you coming out here all this way to to do this and uh, and bike and enjoy the mountain air. So it's been good, and I've enjoyed the last. I'll keep saying 10 plus because I don't know exactly how many <laughs> years of innovation conversation and I'll uh, enjoy the next 10. Got it. Thank you.